Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Scoops with Danny Mac, Friday edition. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Welcome into the show. The uh, text line is open for you, 65780. 65780, Rhino Shield mic drop as well. Let's jump right into it. We had the uh, streaming game last night. We'll have it again tonight. I'm told it's 7 at cardinals.com. If you'd like to watch Carlos Martinez, he will go against Miles Michaelis. Last night, it was KK Adam Wainwright. It was well pitched on both sides until the very end. I'll get into that in just a moment. Adam Wainwright went three innings. Mike Schultz saying afterwards, it looks like he's in the rotation early on. More on that in just a moment. Wainwright talking to the media, and in particular about uh, KK and deception because deception was very good for five innings for the lefty he does have some yeah and he uh he has a very long stride he gets way down the hill so that can that can get on you as a hitter you know when you have four pitches and you're a great athlete and you know how to use them for strikes that's a pretty good formula usually well that worked last night there's no doubt about it how about mike schilt what did he think about his lefty the great news is is kk if you watch tonight he was very effective um, he clearly was able to get through five, but he also, what impresses me is this guy's a pitch maker and he's got the pitches for righties and lefties. So th- there's a viable role for, for him on this club, just like there is for Carlos and Miles that could, could be in, a, you know, in, in big spots. Well, still trying to figure out the rotation. We are one week away. One thing we do know, Adam Wainwright for Mike Schild, he'll be in that rotation. He'll be our number two starter. So we just made sure we got him in line for that and, abbreviated him a little bit tonight and then he'll come back in four days get back up i mean wayno's built up you know he's ready to he's ready to get going made sense to to get him his work tonight uh appropriately and then we'll four days later come back and get him a higher pitch count and then he'll be set up to throw game two of the season so we know it's flaherty and wainwright and again it begins next friday as that will be the opening night in St. Louis, 65780. Danny Mack, 314, best hour on radio. I appreciate that. Watch both broadcasts. Can you tell me about uh, how that ended last night? You had the 10th inning, four walks, one out. Again, these are practice games, so they only went five innings. They had the first three, and then they jumped ahead. And what they're trying to do is just make it some simulations of... Well, it could be an extra inning, could be a reliever coming in. And so Junior Fernandez, he struggled. He had actually four walks. And so what they did is put Dexter Fowler, who actually had been pinch hit for by Justin Williams, come back in the game. He was your pinch runner. So follow along here. He was out of the game, came back in. That will not happen in a regular season game. He was a pinch runner. Uh, Fernandez actually tried to pick him off. He went to third base and then eventually came in on an air by Tommy Edmond that scored the first run. Fernandez hit a pitch limit. So at that point in time, it was 3 nothing, And they have a little scoring system. And if you hit a pitch limit and can't get to the three outs, then you're charged two runs. And that gave them the five runs. So hopefully you're following along. That's why there was a 5 nothing game. So it's a different scoring system. That's what they were trying to do. And that's why they did it that way. Uh, 3-1-4, how real will they make the games? PA announcer, organist, music between half innings, just curious. Uh, that's my understanding. So they're going to have crowd music. 
uh, crowd noise, excuse me. And they had that for the game last night. Um, the crowd noise is going to be mandated by Major League Baseball. They used it for the first time in the game yesterday. And when a double is hit or a home run is hit or a triple, they're going to actually bring up the crowd noise. So, you know, double gets hit. You're kind of hearing the... You hear the upbeat in the crowd. Uh, PA announcer John Hewlett has been the PA announcer at Bush Stadium for years. You'll hear now batting Colton Wong. He'll step up with his normal walk-up music. You're going to hear that. Uh, music between half innings. Yep, you're going to hear that too. Uh, 314, how do trades work? Yes, you're going to have a trade deadline in Major League Baseball. It's coming up at the end of August. Might be August 31st, I believe. So, yes, that is going to happen with this. Um, it's part of it. Uh, 314, Electronic Strike Zone is going to kill baseball. Well, you're not going to have it this year, so don't worry about it. And they still have to make sure that they get that perfected. It's not perfected yet. That's why it's not a part of this. Uh, back to some of the players from last night. A guy that's having a very good camp thus far and may make that 30-man roster and how the roster works and it'll have to be settled by next Friday, opening day here in St. Louis and across Major League Baseball. Uh, it's 30 players for two weeks. You have a taxi squad of three guys not on that 30-man roster. Then, after two weeks, goes to 28. After two weeks of that, you're down to 26, which would have been the original roster this year. But Austin Dean hit the ball very well, met with the media in terms of a Zoom call after the game, and we're not seeing a lot of offense in these games thus far. He was asked, are the pitchers ahead of the hitters? I mean, a little bit. Uh, you know, not everybody got the opportunity to see live pitching during the quarantine. Uh, I was able to at least once a week. Uh, I was surrounded by a bunch of pitchers, a lot of minor league guys that were still throwing and didn't know if there was going to be a season or not. But, uh, but I mean, I feel like as, as all the hitters right now, we've adjusted really well in, you know, all these scrimmages that we've been doing. And, um, you know, I feel like we're, you know, really far along with our progress. And I think we're, uh, you know, we're game ready. We're ready for the season. Well, it's not just here in St. Louis. You're hearing that across the board in Major League Baseball because during the quarantine, it was very hard for hitters to face live pitching. Pitching, you know, kind of kept up with what they were doing after uh, spring training. They, they were built up somewhat to go for opening day. They were probably a week and a half, two weeks out and many pitchers just kind of kept on a pace that let them come into this camp, uh, not necessarily being you know where they were at the beginning of spring training, like late February, early March, but rather middle March, late March. So they do seem to be a little bit ahead of the hitters. That'll be something to keep an eye on at the beginning of these uh, these games starting next week. Ricky Ankeel was a guest this morning of Randy and Michelle. One of the battles to keep an eye on, the left field spot, in particular, Lane Thomas, Tyler O'Neill. Oh, there's no question about it. You know, the power speaks for itself, and, it, you know, it's just about going up there and being consistent and, and really keeping the ball in the strike zone and swinging at strikes. Um, if he can do that and not not get exposed with chasing balls outside of the zone, um, he'll have a monster year. And then Lane Thomas, I mean, this guy's just, he's a five-tool player. He has talent oozing out of him, whether it's throwing the ball, he has an absolute cannon, uh, bat speed, his speed, running, defense, you name it. There's no question at some point, you know, whether it's this year or next or whenever that is, when he breaks out, he's going to be a terrific player. Well, he's going to get a chance this year. The question will be, for a lot of these players, 
how long do you get? And it seems like I'm talking about this all the time because that is the question when you have uh, a number of guys that can play the outfield position. And, you know, with a 60-game season and a race to the finish, it'll be, I I think, very curious, at least in this aspect, how long you give a lot of players to make their mark. And that's something that Mike Schilt, with his relationships with players, will have to balance. If a guy is struggling, how long do you give them? Um, And it's not just, you know, Tyler O'Neill or Lane Thomas or Bader or Fowler or Carpenter or, you know, some guys that that could get into a rut. Anybody, any rut. Um, How long do you give them? And it's 60 games, but that's part of being a manager, having those tough decisions that you have to make. It's not easy to do, but it's something that you have to deal with. And Keel was also asked about what could be an X factor this season with the Cardinals. I look at it like who can get hot fast, who can take, you know, who can stay consistent. I think Tommy Edmond, um, I'm going to go with. That might be a safe play, but, you know, it just seems like he really understands his swing um, and he'll, he'll stay short to it. It doesn't seem like he tries to do too much. And then if he gets off on a hot start, you know, I think he can stay with it for the 60 games. Tommy Edmond could be an X factor in many ways because he can play third base, he can play short, he can play second, he can play the outfield, which he did at the end of last year. Um, and it gives you options then on what you want to do with the designated hitter. So it gives you a chance then if you want to give to young some time off and I say time off, but off his feet. So if you give him a time uh, to play a little short, give him a night to play short, that gives the young a chance then to be the DH. And that's something that gets overlooked. We talk a lot about the pitching and being careful with arms. I've heard so many people talk about, you know, Hey, the pitching, how worried are you about the pitching with guys that you know haven't had the chance to throw so much don't forget about the position players too you know they 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 have to have a little chance to to rest along the way too um and that's something that has to be considered as you move forward with this as well getting guys off their feet i realize it's only two months but you're going to have to give guys a little rest along the way and that's where a guy like tommy edmund is so important with this 314 um Let's see. Uh, let's see. Line up the first game available. What do you see? Um, doing a lot of thinking about this. There's interchangeable parts, but I'll give you what I think the the. And I, I'm curious what you think too. And you can text me and what you think the lineup is. But I, I do think Wong is at the leadoff spot. I'll put Goldschmidt third, DeYoung fourth, um, second. I, I'm looking at Edmund, switch hitter. Gives you flexibility. Maybe a Carpenter fifth. I like a switch hitter there. Then Molina maybe sixth. I would put Bader maybe nine. And then look in that, you know, that seven and eight spot. I'd have to play around with it. I got to get O'Neal maybe in that six or seven, eight spot. I don't know. I'm going to play around with it and see who my uh, opposing pitcher is and then kind of mix and match. But one three and four I kind of like where I'm at there with Wong Goldie and DeYoung and then play around with it hmm yeah I do I like that and remember the DH is in play this year uh Danny Mack what do you think about uh Carlos as the closer will he be disgruntled it's only 60 games I I gotta convince him that it's imperative that his role is massive on this team. And I I think you can do that. And I mentioned it with Randy and Michelle on the crossover. Mike Schilt is very close with Carlos, both professionally and personally. 
Um, and with what's going on with not having Reyes in camp, Gallegos, Cabrera, and, and there are other options there too. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's other guys that you could make the uh, the closer, and they may go with Carlos in the rotation. We just don't know yet. But if that's the direction they go, uh, I believe that Mike would be able to convince him that he knows how important his role is, one way or another, starter or reliever. Uh, that's just my belief in Mike Schilt. He's just that good of a um, that good of a manager in dealing with people. But we'll see. I'm looking forward to watching him pitch tonight. He and Michaelis, and again, we hope to have that uh, streaming for you. And if I get word of that uh, officially before I'm off the air, I'll let you know. That would be at 7 o'clock tonight at cardinals.com. Quick timeout. We'll talk about the rules of this season. What is a unusual season, of course, but uh, the rules could be interesting with Chris Welsh, longtime analyst of the Reds, when we come back. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, 1022 in St. Louis. Dan McLaughlin with you, and we're joined by the longtime television analyst of the Cincinnati Reds, Chris Welsh, and also does an amazing job with Baseball Rules Academy, and you can find that online. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But, uh, Chris, always great to hear your voice. I miss seeing you. How are you doing, man? What's been going on with you? Well, Danny Mack, I can't believe that we've got to wait until you know, mid-July to really talk about baseball, Major League Baseball. But uh, it's good to hear your voice, too. I know that uh, uh, you love the Cardinals. I love the Reds. We both love Major League Baseball. I can't wait for it to get going. What do you think the uh, the craziest rule that uh, is going to happen in 2020 that fans need to know about and try to understand and what is the un- most unusual season that uh, we've ever seen in the game? Well, it's an unusual season, number one, because there's only 60 games. And you've got to go back to right around 1900, the last time Major League Baseball had you know, fewer than 60 games. That was before the American League was invented. So that's going to present a lot of interesting issues just by itself, being a sprint rather than a marathon. Um, but I think the biggest single rule change going into this year is something that the minor leagues have had for the last couple of years, and that's putting a runner at second base when you get to extra innings. Now, they did that in the minor leagues to speed up the games, to get to a result, so that they wouldn't burn up their minor league pitching staff by going you know, 17, 18 innings in a particular game and then have to play the next night. They never did that in major leagues, and it wasn't adopted because of the gate that is a big consideration in AMLB, and, of course, television considerations as the way would you reschedule that game and so on. So um, they're going to get these games over with, and I think it's fascinating uh, when you think about putting a runner at second base to start extra innings. Keep in mind statistically that when you have a runner at second base to start an inning with nobody out, that adds .6 runs per, per inning to that inning right away. So instead of having a 0-0 inning, Um, you're already favoring the offense. It'll be interesting to see how different managers play it out. What do you think about the three batter minimum? Are are you in in favor of that? Do you think that's good for the game? Well, I don't know whether it's good for the game or not. I I think it it adds another uh, crapshoot of strategy to the game. 
uh, you know, because so there are a lot of little things that go with that. You bring a guy in. I mean, everybody said immediately, well, that's the end of the left-handed reliever, you know, the specialty guy, because he's going to be a dinosaur because he can't get right-handers out. Well, I think that we're going to find out that a lot of left-handed pitchers up there that specialize in getting lefties out can probably get right-handers out. But I think that because of that rule, it'll, it'll really make managers think about structuring their lineup maybe a little differently than they have done in the past uh, when they know that late in the game you're going to have matchups. We're not having those anymore. In terms of a, a 30-man roster, I find this fascinating how teams will you know, construct their pitching with 16 or 17 pitchers, but what do you think of a 30-man roster? Well, 30-man roster is uh, – <laughs> that, that spells to me that it's going to be a long game. Yeah. And when you factor in that, that, that three-minimum batter rule for pitchers, then it really doesn't give you that much opportunity to use 16 pitchers in a game. I mean, unless you feel like because of the you know lack of spring training here, the summer camp isn't very long getting them ready, and pitchers maybe didn't do what they should have done during the summer staying ready for the, the season, that they can't come out of the gate throwing five or six innings as starters, then you're going to use uh, a bunch of guys on a short lease. And I think that's probably what the case is. But the problem is, is that you know, you're, you're going to use your starting pitchers as relievers because as soon as they start getting into trouble, considering that every one of your games that you play, win or lose, is worth three games in a regular season, you're going to panic, and you're going to get that guy out of there if he doesn't just doesn't look right, you know, if he, he battled out of trouble the first couple of innings, and you never give him a chance to kind of get into the groove, you're going to get him out of there, especially since you don't have to worry about the designated, I mean, the, uh, you know, the pitcher hitting and double switches and so on because of the DHs everywhere this year. What are some of the other rules that have really caught your attention that fans ask you about all the time? Well, you know, going into this year, one of the things that was supposed to happen is that the position players as pitchers had to see certain uh, circumstances before they got to come in and pitch a game. There had to be a six-run you know, rule. Uh, there was an extra inning requirement. That's no longer the case. Um, uh, pitchers now, because they don't want anybody licking the fingers and, and putting you know, their own saliva on the baseballs, uh, pitchers are going to be able to put a wet rag in their pocket. And uh, that rag can only be water. It can be inspected by an umpire at any time, and he can't access the rag while he's standing on the pitching rubber. But he can reach into his pocket, get his fingers wet, wipe it, and show everybody that he's wiping the, you know, the moisture off, and then go to the baseball to get a grip. Uh, you know, it reminds me of a story. I played with Rick Wise, who was a, a St. Louis Cardinal way back in the day. He and I were teammates in San Diego uh, in the early 80s, and he was in his 24th year as a pitcher in the major leagues, Dan, and uh, he had a rag in his back pocket inside of a Ziploc bag. It was a handkerchief soaked in alcohol. And back in those days, the Padres had brown sleeves that they wore underneath their uniforms. And he had a little mark of a pine tar that he used to put on the inside of his elbow. And I would always pitch after Rick Wise, so I was responsible for charting. And I got to the point of watching him, and I'm thinking, well, you know what? Every time he went to his elbow, it was a breaking ball because that pine tar gives you a good grip. And then he'd reach into his back pocket and he'd touch that alcohol-soaked handkerchief and he'd wipe the pine tar off, <laughs> and I knew that a fastball was coming. So I was charting the pitches actually before he even threw them. And uh, I would tell the guys on the bench, hey, this is a breaking ball coming up. And they couldn't understand how I knew that. But, uh, the, the, you know, the rag in the pocket's been around a long time. You think there's uh, going to be a little gamesmanship with those uh, rags in the pocket this year, Chris? What do you think? 
I would. I mean, would you? I mean, you know, but first of all, you know, the moisture itself is going to help. I mean, that's the whole idea. These baseballs come out. People don't understand how slick they are, even though they're rubbed up with mud. If you get a dry day, and we don't get many of those in Cincinnati or St. Louis in the summertime, but if you're out in Denver or out west somewhere where the balls are really slick, that can be very dangerous. The ball just slips out of your hand, especially as hard as pitchers are trying to throw nowadays. So I think it's a good thing. I really think that they ought to allow pitchers to uh, you know, have some kind of stickiness on their fingers, uh, the same way the hitters use pine tar to hold on to a baseball bat. Chris Welsh from uh, the Reds. He also runs Baseball Rules Academy. You can find that online. Is my. Um, what else do you think is going to stand out in this shortened season as you look from the, the rules that may catch the attention of fans that we're not thinking about right now? Because I, I know you talk to umpires all the time. You dive into the rules. What else is going to stand out as we're watching these games? Well, you know, I thought what's interesting, Dan, is that last year well, we saw an increase in the number of retaliation pitches and pitches at hitters' heads and so on. It sparked a bunch of fights. I know the Reds had a number of brawls with the Pittsburgh Pirates last year. And uh, I think what Major League Baseball has finally got to the point where there is no such thing as retaliation or hitting a batter intentionally. So what they've instructed umpires to do is to be very aware of what's going on here. They're going, they're going to get reports on player versus player when two teams get together, teams versus teams that may be rubbing each other the wrong way and expect something to happen. So umpires now have the ability to immediately, if they feel like that pitch was intentionally going at the hitter, to you know uh, expel the pitcher from the game or – uh, the manager and the pitcher from the game, or they can give them a good old-fashioned warning like they used to. But I think more than anything else, Major League Baseball wants the umpires to huddle up. So when you see a questionable pitch, whether it was intentional or not at the hitter, you're going to see the umpires all get in the huddle, and they're going to basically take a vote. And they're going to say, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Was this intentional or not? And what they want to do is take the the pressure off, say, a young umpire uh, in his first or second year behind home plate, and he doesn't know the history of what's going on here. He gets all wrapped up in the emotions, and he throws the guy out when he shouldn't be thrown out. So I think you're going to see more of a committee approach. I think that'll be a big difference again this year as to the way, uh, as to the, way the teams do things. And, of course, in the National League, the biggest thing is going to be the designated hitter. Uh, and have a Cardinals feel whether they think they're better because of the DH. Reds feel like they're a little bit better because of their DH situation, uh, but we'll see how it plays out. Is uh, instant replay still going to be a part of this? Because I know, you know, with what's going on in our country, that teams may have to leave potentially, hopefully that wouldn't be the case, but they'd have to leave a major league city or a major league park and relocate then to a minor league facility. So they wouldn't have, let's say, the capability to have instant replay uh, in those cameras, in those those parks. Is instant replay going to be a part of uh, Major League Baseball this year? Yeah, at this point, Major League, major league Replay is. Uh, what they're going to do is... is, is uh, I guess restrict some of the things that, that would be normally uh, instant replayed. Uh, friends, here's another rule change, for instance, that uh, would come up. Uh, they've redefined what a foul tip is. A foul tip used to be a ball that would come off the bat and then go directly into the catcher's hand or his glove. It wasn't allowed to hit the chest protector or the shin guards or the body of the catcher and then bounce up in the air and then be caught. That would be a foul ball. 
they've changed that rule entirely because they did not want to make that a replay review. And you can't really expect the home plate umpire sitting by, standing behind the catcher to see where that ball bounces around. So, you know, that'll be a small rule, but if it's a foul tip, you know, caught before it hits the ground, as long as it doesn't hit off the umpire, um, a runner can run on that. So this is something where teams need to understand that. And I think that's where something that they did not want to do anything with replay review. You know, with uh, what's going on in our country, I, I get asked all the time, you know, should we go to an electronic uh, strike zone? And I always try to explain, well, the technology is not quite there. And the reasoning behind it uh, is that, you know, would you want an umpire uh, to be socially distanced from the catcher and from the hitter? How far away are we, Chris, from what you've seen of, of being able to have an electronic strike zone in baseball? I think we're closer than we think, Dan. I really do. And I think umpires, remember when they first had replay review and umpires really took it personally when they had a call overturned? Well, they don't care now. I think that everybody's uh, goal is to get the call right and get it right in as quick a time as possible. And I think that we're getting very close to the technology for automatic strike zones or robotic strike zones. And I think that uh, uh, it's going to be adopted. I mean, here, I'm not so sure the DH is ever going to go away in the National League. So there are changes. There are changes quickly. Uh, remember that this year is going to be the first year of the new Hawkeye system uh, that is coming into uh, existence. And that is, you know, it used to be TrackMan and StatCast and other stuff like this that would it would, um, wouldn't be quite as accurate. Now, they, with this Hawkeye system, they tell me that uh, uh, the accuracy of everything that you get in data from a baseball, the spin rate, the angle, which way it's spinning sideways, backwards, uh, uh, exit velocity, and everything else, there are no more estimations. This is all exact science now, and I think that they can say the same thing for the strike zone. Now, there will be umpires that will tell you, no, you know, the, you're not making the adjustment for height. Uh, but, you know, eventually it, it all is just a matter of improving technology. How do umpires feel about that? Do they, they get frustrated with all this stuff? I think they get frustrated in being called out and expected to be uh, more than human uh, when you make a call. Uh, I think that the, the advent of, you know, 80-inch TVs at home when, you know, an umpire is expected to make a call in real time uh, and it's a, a tenth of a second change between being out and safe and then you see it on a super slow-mo on your big screen TV and HD, and you realize, gee, that guy blew another call. Right. Well, you know, unless you get down there and try to do it you know, in real time, you don't realize how hard it is. And I think umpires are now getting a little bit better appreciation, uh, people are, for umpires and how difficult that job is. And uh, they're doing the best they can. I think what you have to understand for umpires is there is that, you know, you only notice them when something goes wrong. It's kind of like an air traffic controller. And um, so they're, they're trying to stay out of the spotlight, and I think they're doing a pretty good job. So with Instant Replay this year, they were going to address the crowd and have to wear a microphone, and it was going to help the people watching at home or listening on the radio. Are they going to do that again, uh, or, or will they do that this season, even though there's not crowd uh, at the ballpark? But will they do that for television with Instant Replay? No, they will not. They're going to put that on the shelf. They don't have the ability to put the personnel in the stadium that they needed to to uh, to do that to hook up the umpires to the PA system and then to the you know on the air networks. So uh, that's going to be something that'll probably be coming back in 2021. Gotcha. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the Reds very quickly. Um, what do you think about the Reds' chances? I 
I, I'm looking at the Central Division, and I think the Cardinals will be very good. The Cubs will be good, uh, and I think the Reds will be very, very good. What do you think about the Cincinnati Reds? I think the Reds, you know, they went all in this year, and I think they're one team that's probably more disappointed than any other in the division that there was a, you know, a, a hiatus of baseball because they thought that they have assembled the best pitching staff that they've had in years. Uh, that they that they went out and signed some players uh, 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 like uh, you know Mike Moustakas uh, comes in here, Nick Castellanos comes in, adds some bats to the lineup. Uh, they've got guys that are healthy that have been injured in the past. They've got good depth in their, their bullpen. They feel like this is the year. It's interesting, though, all the different bookmakers and odds makers, uh, when you look at the National League Central Division, Dan, um, there's nobody in there that is a clear favorite. In fact, I haven't read anybody yet that gives a team a better than 50% chance of making the playoffs. Contrast that with the New York Yankees where, you know, this, the consensus there is that they've got about a 75% chance of making the playoffs. Nobody in the division in Central Division National uh, even has a 50% chance, at least going into the season. So I think it's going to be a good fight. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure going on. Uh, I think that uh, the fact that every game is worth three, uh, that you don't want a two- or three-game losing streak because that can really hurt you. I'm looking forward to it. I think 60 games is fascinating. I think it's fun, and it's like game one, you're in the middle of a pennant race. So, hey, let's go. Make it fun. I think that the managers are the ones that are going to be on the hot spot. No doubt. They're the ones that are going to have to – you know, you can't – Remember, you used to say, well, this manager says, i got to play this game but uh, this way because I've got to worry about tomorrow and the next day. You know, you're going to save your pitching staff. You're going to save this reliever, whatever it may be. I don't want to use this guy because, you know, I want to give him one extra day before I put him back in action. That's not the case now. You've got an expanded roster, and it is game on. It'll be interesting to see which of these managers is able to kind of make sure that their team doesn't get too tight. I think that's the biggest worry among baseball players right now is that they're going to be trying so hard that this isn't a game where trying harder doesn't necessarily make you better. Baseball Rules Academy. For folks that are listening, uh, best place to find all the great content, video, write-ups, that kind of thing that you have, Chris. Where, where can they go? Well, they go to BaseballRulesAcademy.com or just basically go to Google and put up Baseball Rules and you'll see my website come up. All the articles videos, blogs, case studies, they're all free. Uh, you can get on there and, and, and look at anything that's on there. I encourage everybody to go on and read the rules. If you want to become a premium member, uh, we're having a big sale right now. That gives you access to course lessons, quizzes, tests, kind of uh, grade your own knowledge of baseball rules. We've got a lot of people who have already done that and uh, have been great feedback. And, Dan, uh, I thank you very much for plugging it. Hey, you bet, man. Thanks so much. I wish we could uh, see each other in person, play a little golf. I could take money from you like I usually do. Um, you know, that's the biggest disappointment maybe of this summer is just getting in your back pocket, you know? I yeah, mean, I, yeah, I know I've you're a scratch. Game, but it's not doing any good. So, uh, <laughs> But maybe sometime after the season we can do that. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Miss you, buddy. Okay, buddy. That's Chris Welsh, longtime analyst of the Cincinnati Reds, and you could tell that he put so much time into Baseball Rules Academy. I use it all the time. I use it actually during games. It is so helpful. Uh, if you love the game of baseball, go to this site, BaseballRulesAcademy.com, BaseballRulesAcademy.com, and he's got uh, the rules that are there not just for Major League Baseball but for uh, Little League, high school, college. It is really fascinating. He hooks up with all the Major League umpires to go over uh, the various rules, and they do um, – 
um, the video and the blogs and that kind of thing. It's it's good stuff. So baseballrulesacademy.com. I'll be back with more. I've got some lineups that people want to throw out, stuff on Tsunami. Uh, we've got the camera angles. We've got what you want to see on the games. All that kind of stuff coming up on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Air Comfort Service text line 65780 and the Rhino Shield mic drop as well. Get some uh, news here. This concerns St. Louis University uh, and their sports. The A-10 conference is postponing all of uh, scheduled fall contest and conference sponsored sports. A-10 championships due to the continuing COVID-19 global pandemic. So not good news there. That just uh, came out about a half hour ago. So the A-10 conference is postponing all scheduled fall contests. Okay, let's uh, start with some of these uh, text questions. 636, love the show, Danny Mack. I've got Carp as a leadoff because I want to see him at the leadoff spot. Want him to feel comfortable, get off to a good start out of the gate. If I'm Schilt, I go there. And his majority of his success at the plate has been there. And I like Wong at the bottom. Okay, so I got Carp, Edmund, he says, or she says. Then Goldie, DeYoung, Molina, O'Neal, Fowler, Wong. Bader. I thought about that last night because in the inter-squad game, Carpenter was the leadoff for the visitors, I guess it was. Wong was leadoff for the home team. Um, it just, it's so odd. I mean, Carpenter's numbers as a leadoff guy, and it's hard to ignore it have been just ridiculous as a leadoff man. And there's it's hard to ignore what he's done as a leadoff man. I get it. Uh, I would think Wong, though, does get the first crack at it. Carpenter's come out and said, I don't care if I hit leadoff. I don't care if I bat ninth. I don't care if I bat cleanup. I don't care if I bat third, whatever. But I understand what you're saying. Um, and I have thought about that, just get him back in a comfort level of batting leadoff. I like him as leadoff guy. I do because of the numbers that he's put up. However, uh, I do like him, though, um, in the three spot or a four spot or a five spot. I actually prefer Goldschmidt as a four because I like him as a cleanup guy. I would like Carpenter as a three. But I also like, I'm going to counter my point by saying I like Goldschmidt as a third because I want to see him come up in the first inning. Um, In 60 games, to what Chris was saying, and I've been saying it too, you don't have time to really wait you gotta you gotta just go and if a guy is not putting up numbers in a particular spot you just gotta you know if there's not success in a leadoff spot go with somebody else if there's not success in a five go with somebody else if there's not success in left field go with somebody else and that's where the tough decisions have to come um let's see six three six why not play baseball in a bubble Sounds like the safer play. Well, we've talked about this. Remember, that was proposed early on. In my understanding, the Players Association did not want to do that. Now, remember, if they were going to do that, it was going to be done at that time. Uh, The consideration was the spring training facilities. Well, spring training facilities at that time were Arizona, Florida. There was some talk of Texas. Well, look what's happening in our country now. Um not ideal and that's where we're at in our country it's fluid and um, they're just going to try to do this in the home cities it's a 
scary proposition, clearly, um, even to the point that as of last night, there was talk of opening night with baseball in Washington with the Yankees and the Nationals. There was question marks whether they'd be able to play that game. This morning, they said, yes, it's on. They're going to be able to do it. So it's a fluid thing as they continue to do this. It'll be fluid throughout the season, getting games in, I would imagine. Um, There's question marks about what the Blue Jays are going to be able to do in Toronto and talk about, well, would you go to Dunedin? Would you go to Buffalo? Again, they have contingency plans to go to maybe various cities and try to play maybe in minor league spots if there's a city that becomes a hot spot. Um, but again, they're going to try to get it done. I applaud them for trying to do it. I applaud the players for what they're going through, trying to do it. It's not easy. Uh, let's see. Danny Mack, I know you love Tim. I love him too. He's going to be missed. Yep. We're talking about Tim McCarver. Tim is opted out of not, uh, if you haven't heard, he is opted out of the broadcast this year. Advice of his doctor um, at his age not to travel. He lives down in Florida in Sarasota. So he has opted not to travel to St. Louis. He would obviously have to live in a hotel and then uh, do the games, uh, whether it be from the studio or from the ballpark, and then go back to the hotel. Uh, doctor's advice, don't travel, stay at home, stay safe. And so uh, my partners this year will be Brad Thompson, who you hear on the fast lane here, uh, Rick Horton, who will also be doing some radio, uh, and Jimmy Edmonds, Jimmy uh, Ballgame. So we'll be doing those broadcasts. Everything will be done from St. Louis, if you didn't know. So if we're at home at Bush Stadium and we'll open up a week from tonight, uh, we'll be doing home games from the ballpark. And uh, I've been doing the stream games from the ballpark. Feels normal. Just without fans, we're doing the game. And uh, when we're on the road or the team is on the road, we'll be doing those, my understanding, from a studio. And we'll have monitors that will give us views of various parts of the ballpark. So we'll be able to tell if there's a shift with a hitter. Uh, We'll obviously have a monitor that you're seeing at home. What you see, we'll see. Hopefully have monitors that will show us if somebody's warming up in the bullpen. Maybe somebody that's uh, on deck so we can see if a change is being made. And give you some idea more so than what you're seeing at home we'll see the monitor that you see but also some of the different cameras that'll give us more insight into what's happening uh danny mack give me an idea what uh what else is happening at the ballpark in terms of organ music that kind of thing well talked about it earlier you're, you're going to have some crowd uh that's mandated by major league baseball so trying to give you some crowd even though there's no fans in the stands. Um, And I I, I don't know if the NHL and the NBA is going to do that. Now, in the NBA, even in regular season games and playoff games, they do pipe in some music, ambience, you know, the defensive stands, that kind of thing, or if a team's bringing the ball up the floor. I don't know if they're going to try to do that in their games. I don't know what the NHL is going to try to do. Um, It's just hang with them, you know. We're going to have sports back. I think that's what people want. Uh, you're going to have it on your television. And what I have found, what people have told me, and I don't know if you you know, for those that have watched these games, it's different. You know, it's different, but yet it's two hours of a diversion. And that's what we've talked about. If we get sports back, you're not watching the news. You're not hearing about COVID-19 and you're enjoying some sports. And maybe I've had a lot of people say, man, I've had a chance to sit down with my son or my daughter, or my family. And it's been two hours of just enjoying watching something else other than the news. So 
hopefully you've been able to enjoy that. Uh, all right, let's cross it over with ribs. Uh, oh, let's see. Can you at least have a spot or love your show? Uh, no, I, I go into the booth and it's me and a microphone. <laughs> That's how I've been doing the games. Me and a microphone. Okay, uh, Ribs and BK, let's uh, cross it over when we come back on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's newest store. Number 41 in Eureka is now open. Time for the crossover as we get you set for Ribs and BK, and they'll take you up till 2 on 101 ESPN. All right, guys, I'll start with you, uh, BK. Craig Barubi on the show yesterday. Good get. Fun listen. What'd you take away? Yeah, well, first of all, I will say a, a great booking by me, a great job by me and getting Craig Berube on the yes. show. Yes. I know he came on specifically to talk with me. Absolutely. So a huge... Congratulations to myself for getting him on the show yesterday. He's a big BK fan. Of course he is. Um, I would say my biggest takeaway was what he said about Robert Thomas. Uh, we asked about Robert Thomas. Going to be a superstar. And he said he's got the potential to be a legitimate star in this league. And you yeah. don't hear that kind of a comment out of a guy like Craig Berube very often. I mean, he is a straight shooter, as much of a straight shooter as they come. And for him to say pretty plainly twice hey you know this guy has the potential to be a star I, th- I thought that was my biggest takeaway yeah no doubt yeah I agree I mean look Robert Thomas every time he touches the puck and we've talked about it before the the pause here for the pandemic he was electric yep. and didn't always create offense but you see his speed and his ability to see the ice and make passes at such a high speed that it's incredible he reminds me and I said this before and I know it's early and I don't want to put the pressure on him he reminds me of Mike Medano the way he could take off with the puck, and every time he touched it was a threat out there. And I think that if he ends up going in that direction, that's a pretty good comparison. Oh, wow. Mike Madonna was, he was so much fun to watch. Oh, no, Just he electric. No, he wasn't. Well, not Dan. for you. <laughs> <laughs> he went right by a lot of guys, Jamie. It's okay. Usually when I got stuck out there on the ice, there was like a full scale fire alarm on the bench, basically, <laughs> get off. <laughs> I'd be diving headfirst into the bench to get off the ice. Well, it's a Friday. It's probably good the week comes to a close. Uh, so what do you guys have coming up on the show? Uh, very excited about this. We've got Les Carpenter joining us coming up at noon. He is an NFL beat writer up in Washington, D.C., so we will get his perspective on everything that is taking place with the dumpster fire that is the Washington wow. professional football team. Brian Kenny going to join us coming up at 1 o'clock. And, Dan, I've got some questions about the Cardinals and what they're going to do with this rotation and the bullpen because – Hearing some comments from Mike Schultz yesterday on MLB Network Radio, it certainly seems to me like they've figured out their five-man rotation, and now it's about what they're going to do in the So who do, you, who do you have in it? Well, Carlos Martinez appears I, I, to be officially in the rotation. I, I kind of do, too. I'm kind of leaning that way, too. So It I, leaves a lot up for grabs in the bullpen, but that's what we're going get, to get started with here in just a minute. All right. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a great weekend. Ribs and BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.